In today's episode, we recap the results of the NFL Conference Championship round. Travis Kelsey has a message for the mayor of Cincinnati. And did broadcaster Tony Romo almost drop the N-word live on TV? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, are the referees to blame for the winners of the NFL Conference Championship Games? But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. It's time to get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. So happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us yet again for another wonderful, wonderful show. Man, the NFL season, it's coming to its... uh, crescendo isn't that right fellas my name's scott uh by the way uh with me is kevin and chris kevin and chris how are you fellas doing well i hope doing very good doing good i gotta uh tell you guys i i'm actually kind of shocked to say this but i i might be becoming a little bit of a tennis oh, fan really? <laughs> <laughs> Fol- following tennis lately aren't not you? really not really to be honest though but I do have to shout out to uh, a very cool story especially one that kind of is right up our alley with the the agendas that we sideline around here and this was a major one I wanted to chalk it up to this guy uh, Novak uh, Jokovic if I'm brutalizing his name sorry but uh, he just won the Australian Open uh, is actually uh tied for the most Grand Slam wins now, one of the greatest tennis players ever, basically. But the reason why this is such a cool story is because this guy was banned. This guy was was banned from basically all competition because he refused to take the That's the jab, right. the, the vaccine mandate. Uh, Australia, you know, was one of the worst uh, countries. And I mean, all throughout the world, basically, he, he was banned from competition. So he had to sit it out for the year. And he goes back into uh, Australia with none other than Bill Gates himself there watching this happen. And he he fought through, uh, he had a hamstring injury he was dealing with, plus, you know, all the additional storyline of this whole vaccine thing. And he pulls out the victory. And, uh, you know, he showed his emotion out there. Was He had some family members there. And it, it was just a really cool moment. So I, I love that he did that. It just shows you people out there that if you you know, believe in something, you stand up for it. Uh, you might go through some some bad times, but there there can be, you know, redemption and light at the end of the tunnel if you just stick true uh, uh, to what you believe in and, and continue to fight, continue to strive, and, and you can go out there and achieve things right in front of the very people that are the ones that are trying to impose this on you. So that, that was really cool. Just wanted to throw that out there and give a uh, uh, a round of applause for yeah, this man, guy. Man you know, of we need principle. more people like this. Yeah, need a lot more people Absolutely. Like this. I mean, you want to talk about a tough move. I mean, all that purse, all, all the all the, uh, uh, the, 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 the various um, tournaments that he was not able to participate in because he would not submit and take the jab. You know, uh, actually, I, I saw uh, some coverage of that uh, via Twitter where... Um, uh, it was a uh, Chris Fowler who uh, works for ESPN, covering the game along with John McEnroe, and <laughs> F- 
Fowler was still playing like COVID-19 vaccine enforcer. Um, at least that's kind of how I took it. I mean, I'm curious to see how you take it. Uh, here, here's the clip right here. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the moment he wins. The open when he hit the, the uh, line line mistake. Yeah. He gets deported out of Australia. This is McEnroe Doesn't speaking. Doesn't get any points at Wimbledon. Don't, can't play the open. Product of his choices, to be fair. He, he, he made choices that led to that. Some of those things. I don't think he, I, I think he should have committed the play. Okay, well, that's a, that's a debate. Yes. He, he did make choices that led to that. Can you believe that? That's a debate. I mean, McEnroe yes. is at least you know standing up for him, saying, you know what, he should he should have he should have been held out of the open. He should have been able to play. Right. And he said, oh no 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 no, it's a uh, he he it was his choice. Oh really? A mandate? Like right. you have to take this or you're not yeah. allowed? And it, like his choice <laughs> to to be uh, uh, stabbed. Uh, uh, he had a choice uh, uh, to to not participate by electing not to be stabbed by an experimental medical treatment. Um, right, and that's the whole point: is he didn't have exactly. A choice. <laughs> you guys deported his ass. He didn't have the choice. And then you got, and that's what's so and ironic. You got Bill Gates down there, who now is like apparently, from what I've read, uh, starting to He's to walking yeah, walking it back. it back. Oh, but what else has he walked back? What else has he sold off? His investments in uh, 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 a lot of these uh, uh, companies that are dabbling with the uh, 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 the vaccine itself. And so there's yep. no money to be had left. That well is done about to run dry. So now I can speak truth. Now I don't have to dabble with or, or to to uh, broadcast and project the, the propaganda to, to make you all uh, uh, take the jab to increase my uh, bank account. I agree with you, Chris. I yeah, mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great, scumbag, absolutely. Well, I mean, what a what a dickhead move, Bill Gates. You're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, he and sure your software is. sucks. And now he's trying to. Now he's yeah. And now he's trying to act like he uh, never really had much of a relationship with, with Epstein. Uh, old yeah, Epstein. I just had some dinners. <laughs> I just had I re- some dinners. I, I really, I, just, I, like, I regret having those dinners. <laughs> yeah, I went on those plane flights like thirty six you know times. But oh, it those was just dinners, dinners that were followed with sex by uh, with minor wi- uh, women who were minors. <laughs> but those dinners, yeah. that that was the uh, <laughs> the aperitif and the uh, and and dessert. Oh, what a scumbag. What a creep. Well, yeah. uh, hopefully uh, what goes around comes around, right? And like you said, for Novak, yep. uh, he man of principle, standing on those principles, did this, had personal sacrifice, legitimate sacrifice, and now he's rewarded. So so that's great. And and speaking of uh, being rewarded, Kevin, uh, you're Kansas City Chiefs, but I mean, you must be sitting high on the hog here, my friend, uh, feeling, feeling pretty good. I was just going to say what's... <laughs> What is up, guys? The light has come down. I feel great. Um, but also, just to you know, piggyback, Bill Gates definitely is a creep, creep and I think his ex-wife probably knows that too, which is yeah, why exactly. she left that ass. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, she knew how many trips she was so, taken to that pedophile island. No, she, she knows. knows what's up. And she she knows. knows. She's getting you know uh, uh, that uh, that that paycheck, you know, for the uh, alimony, right, or whatever. Uh, That's right. Melinda, you better come forth and write a damn autobiography and expose that creep. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Awesome. Um, no, I I, can't, I love today. Today was a great feeling. I, I'm so proud of the Chiefs. I'm so proud of, uh, um, obviously, just both games. Great games last night. So I'm feeling great, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. I'm happy well, We're going to get to that for sure. All the NFL Conference Championship games. Uh, definitely uh, a lot to talk about. A lot to unwrap. 
uh, with the games that happened Sunday. I mean, we, we've got terrible officiating. We've got QB injuries. We've got just injuries in general, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, so, so yeah. a, a lot to get to with that. And of course, uh, there's, there's some other uh, subjects we'd like to get into. I mean, uh, uh, like we said up the top, you know, uh, Tony Romo, the, you know, there's a lot of Twitter, Twitter happening around uh, potential controversy around him. Like a, maybe he intended to say something uh, or not. Um, we're going to play the clip. Let you guys be the judge listening. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to uh, speak um, uh, about the future of uh, some quarterbacks in the NFL, specifically maybe discount double check Aaron Rodgers and where he might be heading. And then ultimately uh, where the goat himself, if he's going to stay or go and if he stays where he might go. Uh, and we're going to definitely get to that. But first, you know, let's just let's just get into it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it and talk about uh, NFL, uh, NFC, AFC championship games, both happening Sunday kicked off with that NFC championship game in Philadelphia as the Philadelphia Eagles hosted the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody was expecting, you know, high flying offense and, and, and uh, just just gridiron defense. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it didn't necessarily go as planned. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of unforeseen, um, uh, actions happened during this game and it definitely did not go San Francisco's way. We can say that for sure. Of course, the big story, Brock Purdy, uh, ended up injured and, uh, taken out of that game being replaced by who knows. I don't even know. I can't remember. I don't even want to bother looking up the guy's name. All respect to him, but you know, it's like their, their fourth, fifth string quarterback. At something, this point. Yeah, Johnson. something Johnson, yeah. something Johnson, you know, uh, <laughs> Anyway, point is, is that, uh, you know, that that was unfortunate for uh, San Francisco. But uh, this game was all Philadelphia, all Eagles. Eagles beat the 49ers to move on to the Super Bowl, beat them 31-7. Um, and then, uh, of course, you had the AFC game where the Chiefs hosted the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a rematch from last year. The Chiefs should have won that game last year, but they did not. But this year, they were able to prevail and uh, get their ticket to the Super Bowl as well, 23-20 with that victory at home. But of course, the big theme again, yet again, God ad nauseum again, poor officiating. I feel like we talk about this literally every show. So sorry for you listeners at home who <laughs> might be long rolling your eyes. Oh, God, they're getting into poor officiating again. But I, we can't help it, <laughs> you know, especially when people start thinking that, you know, NFL is rigged and that being a growing yeah, hashtag trendy. trend on social media. We, you know, NFL has got a real problem on their hands and we could just briefly kind of go through this, starting with the Eagles 49ers game. It kicked off with the first drive of the Eagles. There was that fourth and three Jalen hurts. He threw for 29 yards, a 29 yard pass to Devonta Smith. And it was ruled a catch and replay showed clearly that Smith dropped the ball. Um, and that ultimately led to a Miles Sanders rushing touchdown, putting six on the board with the follow-up extra point, giving them seven. Um, you know, the, 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 the sky cam wire interfering, uh, interference. Remember that with that 34 yard <laughs> punt? Yeah. It kind of oh, seemed yeah. like, I mean, watching it, of course, you know, with the angle that they showed to us sitting at home, it was such a wide angle. It's like, you can't really tell the 
tell if a ball's hitting a wire right. from the angle that they showed us. But the the reaction, the physical reaction, not only from from the bench of a, a um, Philadelphia, right? I, I can't remember who who was reacting, but. Yeah, wouldn't it yeah. be something you would just like come out of nowhere and say, "Hey, hit yeah, the wire!" And the whole bench reacted, but also seemingly the stadium itself reacted to to that. And and yet, it, so so everyone in the stadium seemed to notice, minus the officials, <laughs> the guys who are literally right. paid to to sit and watch and notice <laughs> shit. Um, those guys uh, didn't didn't seem to see uh, what was going down. Um, you know, refs uh, this season, you know, the refs have, have this kind of had the trend of allowing play to continue, uh, specifically, you know, surrounding a loss of possession, like a fumble. Um, and then, uh, when Brock right. Purdy, uh, ultimately the play that ended up, uh, giving him his injury, uh, when his arm was hit and fumbled the ball, the, the play was whistled dead. So, uh, uh, even though Philadelphia clearly, you know, they, they recovered the ball, uh, they were, uh, robbed of a potential, you know, scoop and six, uh, uh scoring opportunity. Um, so, you know, uh, refs, you know, it just was, it was a bad showing that you could tell that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers just increasingly got more frustrated with the officiating. Now I, tend to believe and think that San Francisco, especially, I mean, I'm a Rams fan, so maybe I'm, I, I have a, a, my, my hate for the San Francisco is built into the fabric here. But, you know, we see these guys two times a year and, and they have a culture there. And, and, and you know, belly aching is definitely part of their culture there. Um, so, you know, it, it's not, I, I wasn't surprised to see, you know, San Francisco continue to complain about everything um, all the time. But uh, at the same time, that, those frustrations kind of reached a pinnacle and, um, you know, the refs ultimately, you know, uh, lost control of the game in the fourth quarter with the, with that brawl that was happening in midfield. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a, uh, like I said, that's kind of like baked into the cake at that point, you know, when, when, when you have right. all of these perceived missed calls and, and, and a game not going a, a certain team's Just way boil it boils over. over exactly. Um, so about the 49ers, uh, Eagles game, you know, what, what were your thoughts a about the officiating, but also just uh, the, the game in general? Yeah. I mean, the officiating, it, it didn't stick out nearly as much as, you know, the next game we're going to talk about, but yeah, a, a couple big plays that it's, it just seems weird. Like they don't know when to throw it to the booth or not. And it seems like they do it conveniently. And it should be more consistent. Like the Devontae Smith, that's a huge play uh, early on in the game to where they just let the team run up and, and run a play without them really even considering taking a look. I didn't even see a replay of the catch until well after they, I think they already scored a touchdown. I know. I think so I, I feel like, like we had to look it up on Twitter or something, the Devontae's yeah, like, the catch or they'll have like catch. They'll have New York like overrule some plays at, at some times and other times they don't. And I think the inconsistency with that. It's kind of weird because I think there was another, I can't remember if it was this game or if it was the, the Chiefs game, but they were going to challenge a play, but then they let, yeah, I think it was Chiefs. the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals were going to challenge a play, but then New York overrid it and let them save their challenge. So the whole thing with New York getting involved, they, they need to get better with that. You know what, real uh, quick, but, Chris, sorry you know, to interrupt you, but you, just because you, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. We're going to be hopscotching these games, you know, as far as the officiating is concerned, because it is definitely was a theme that played through. So why don't, why don't I just finish that? topic right okay. here in regards to identifying some of the other questionable situations. So, of course, moving to the Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, uh, hosting the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, you, you you had the famous now do-over play in this, 
second yeah. half uh, <laughs> because of uh, poor communications by Ron Tobert's uh, officiating crew. Um, they, they were trying to uh, stop play because of the, 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 the game clock was running, and I guess it wasn't supposed to be. And, uh, you know, and then right. so that, that actually, you know, shows you another official that uh, uh, we don't see is, is, you know, there's an official that operates the game clock you know, who's in charge of that. So even that person's shit in the bed, not getting the job right, right? And then um, despite uh, uh, failing to convert on uh, third and nine with uh, 10 minutes and 29 seconds remaining in the fourth, Kansas City got a do-over. That do-over was 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 based off of the, you know, like we just mentioned, the, the failure to stop the play. Ultimately, it didn't really affect the game per se in the sense that uh, the Chiefs, I think they, they ultimately had to punt the ball. But, it, you know, it still yeah. left everybody, you know, scratching their head and the confusion and wondering what the hell's going on and, and of course shaking one's confidence in, in the crew that's officiating the game i mean the uh, Bengals, uh, mike hilton he, he got called for what was perceived as a, a soft pass interference uh and and of course to uh to to top it all off with 17 uh, seconds left in the game while patrick mahomes uh, scrambled for five yards uh Bengals outside linebacker uh, joseph asai he, he knocked mahomes towards the bench drawing the game uh changing blow 15 yard unnecessary roughness penalty and all obviously leading to the field goal that won the game for the chiefs so you know uh again depending on the lenses that you're watching these games through you know if you're a cincinnati Bengals fan you're probably thinking well god that that push from asai that wasn't that big of a deal why'd they you know why would they why would they make such a game uh dis decisive uh call uh, you know, um, in that kind of a moment, you know, obviously we'll, we'll answer that, but, uh, that kind of finishes, you know, some of the, uh, questionable calls. I mean, there was a hell of a lot more than, than I just highlighted, but, uh, oh, yeah. um, that, that kind of at least establishes the theme of poor officiating through both games. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, yeah, but it's, it's, it's what we've been talking about all season. You know, these referees need some accountability and that lack of accountability has produced a bad product as far as the, the officials go. And these guys, you know, they have the power to alter games and and hand a team a win and hand a team a loss. And with with that lack of accountability, these guys aren't as good as they should be. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it reared its ugly head here in the, the championship games. And I've, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back again in the Super Bowl. Uh, so you, you hate to see games decided this way. I don't think the Chiefs-Bengals games were decided off of this, but it certainly didn't help. Um, of course, the Bengals, or not the Bengals, the uh, Eagles 49ers game wasn't decided because it was just a blowout. You know, once uh, the 49ers were relegated to their fourth string quarterback, who he himself even got knocked out of the game with an injury, and they had to put Purdy back in. But that by that time, it was it was well over with. But yeah, that, that Chiefs-Bengals game, I mean, it was, it was really tight, and maybe it shouldn't have been because... For all you Bengals fans out there saying that it was rigged and it was given to the Chiefs, I mean, you got to remember you had a touchdown taken away from the Chiefs in the first half. That's right. Uh, and then, I mean, potentially, it, although it did end up being a drop and and it, uh, they got that call right, you know, the, the original touchdown uh, that they called incomplete, and I thought they should have called that one complete and let the booth um, overrule it. They ruled it incomplete, and the Chiefs were forced to use a uh, – a challenge on that first reception. So that, that was a, a bad call in that respect as well. Um, but yeah, I actually thought, you know, towards the end of the game, um, of course that whole third and nine situation, that was just a bad officiating that should never happen. Uh, like you said, it didn't affect the outcome, but, um, 
the uh, roughing the passer, that they got that one right. I thought that the uh, the pass interference, I thought that they got that one right. Maybe would be a little bit more of a, a touch foul, but I thought he did hook them. So to all the Bengals fans saying it was rigged and it was given to the Chiefs, it, it, you're dead wrong. He had several calls go your way in the first half, especially. Uh, so I think he just kind of evened out. And, you know, that was just a massive bonehead play. And I know we're going to talk about this massive bonehead play by uh, Osai. And uh, really, I mean, that, that handed the win to the Chiefs because it was going to go overtime. Yeah, guys, this all really is the refs. I mean, just the inconsistency. It just was so evident. I think everyone watching these games, and when we watch these caliber games, we're watching literally every single play. We're in it, right? And so all the fans are watching everything that's going on, and they're you know they're more attentive than your regular you know weekly game. You know, with the San Francisco and the Eagles, I think that was obviously the first you know call with the the end zone you know pass. And like Scott was saying, we really literally had to pull it up on a different because they weren't showing the replay, and so that was very frustrating. Then. Also, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, getting that, you know, that fumble or, you know, what they were kind of reviewing. And obviously that ended up hurting him. Actually, Torrey is UCL with that. So he's actually debating, you know, surgery at this point and could be potentially out for six months. And God knows what San Francisco is going to do. But that's a that's a side note. And then also with Josh, you know, Josh Johnson, you know, he didn't really do anything either. But that game ultimately got carried away. And then they the refs lost control over it. And yeah. literally when the Trent Williams grabbed what Kayvon Wallace and dumped him on his back, you know, I was grabbed him from behind, which is total puss move, um, cheap shot. And that's definitely, you know, right up uh, San Francisco's alley. But, you know, for them <laughs> to throw the penalty and then to do, you know, offsetting fouls and then you know, uh, kick out both players. That to me is pretty ridiculous. Unfortunately, I mean, because Trent Williams, if if he didn't act like a bonehead, that would have never happened. And so the Eagles would never obviously be in that position to even have or receive a penalty. You know, you can't expect a grown man be dumped on his head from behind and then you know pop up and do absolutely nothing. So I, I get it. You know, it's heated out there, but you know the, the officiating was just was atrocious. And then also. You know, going to the Kansas City game, you know, I feel like, you know, both those touchdowns in the first quarter or first half, um, definitely the first one definitely could have been reviewed. It should have been actually called. It looked like more of a catch than a drop pa- uh, right. than a drop pass at the in, in live footage. And then also, you know, the run, you know, that led to um, and a holding call, and obviously that was a late flag. Those are two late flags, and then even just you know looking at Burroughs rolling out, and he he was a I think it was a third and long, or um, this was towards you know second half, but there is an a, a blatant. Um, a hold for sure. You know, I think it was on Frank Clark when yeah. he was rolling out, and there was no flag there. And uh, and then also Patrick Mahomes, he had that weird, awkward forward pass thing, but his knee was down, right? And so, right. um, quickly that bypassed a uh, Cincinnati challenge flag, and right. they you know reviewed it real quick on screen to where they'd even need to use their challenge. Yeah. And so there was an inconsistency there. And yep. so the officiating, I mean, ultimately, in my opinion, I, and I, 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 you could call me on bias or whatnot, but as a professional football fan, um, I think the last call, they got that one right. That was probably the most right. obvious one out of yeah. all of them. Um, the gentleman totally. even, Sai, he even knew it. He felt yep. bad. He even in his comments at the end of the game, he knew that that was something that he was, he said he was trying to deliberately push him 
backwards to where he could keep the the clock running. Can't blame the Mayan for that, but he was you know three four yards you know short of getting that. Um, you got to do it in play, bud. And so um, ultimately, that's it's a tough pill to swallow. But I do think that the Chiefs definitely let the door open for the Bengals to get in the game in the first oh, place. Yeah. To even for a Bengal fan to feel that some sort of way, um, just bonehead plays all over the play. But I mean all over the place, but officiating is what, uh, you know, allowed all that to happen. And just the inconsistencies was, it was awful. And it was kind of, uh, I think the Chiefs and the Bengals game was was very difficult to watch. A lot of confusion, um, especially with like, I mean, non-football fans, they're going to be looking at us like, what the heck's going on? And, you know, with the clock, we even, we were watching the game and saying, oh, wait, why is the clock running? And so if we're seeing right. this and the officiating is <laughs> not seeing it, but that guy's getting paid to see it, huge problem right so the nfl cannot turn into the nba they cannot turn into you know throwing you know flags all over the place controlling and dictating a game and pretty much allowing points for teams to you know that need definitely don't deserve it and so this is definitely a problem and this is where we are here again speaking about it because it seems like week on weeks or week you know week after week it's getting worse yeah and uh you know obviously you know, we've said this so many times, uh, a, a game is not decided by one play, but it, it is funny. It, it seemed like there was barely a play without a flag. <laughs> and yeah, it, especially any big I mean, plays. It got yeah. to the point, literally, we're watching the game together, and it got to the point where we were waiting to cheer because we were waiting to see if there was a flag on the play, you know, like it, right. the, the joke, the running joke became, you know, after, you know, a, a big pass or downfield or whatever, it was like, wait, 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 is there a flag? Is there a flag? You know, and, it, and, and, and when the coast was clear, then we, we uh, would explode with emotion. But um, yeah, it, the, 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 the officiating was, they were just way too involved in both games, way too involved, uh, way too, way too much yellow on the field. Um, and, and it just, it just really slows down the, the, the flow and, and, and also too just the sense of these guys, just letting them battle, let, let, letting them battle it out, you know, uh, right. is a far better product. Of course, we're not looking for people to, you know, just hold and, and, you know, interfere like constantly, but you know, like, like let them play a little bit. Uh, I, I did want to go back to the whole Joseph Asai, uh, situation because to me, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, make no mistake, that was no mistake. I mean, despite right. the rhetoric that you hear out there in the media and the aw shucks compassion for a side because afterwards he felt bad and he was sobbing on the bench, Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> linebacker Joseph Asai, he, 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 he put the Kansas City Chiefs in field goal range while attempting to yep. injure the already hobbled Patrick Mahomes. That's my opinion. I think that his thought was, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to send him to the locker room, take him out of the game. But instead of sending Mahomes to the locker room, he sent him to the Super Bowl. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Like to me that, I mean, his, his, <laughs> he was, he was looking to, to now, now I don't think that his intent was to con to make contact with him out of bounds. I think he was trying to get to right. him before he got out, but his was intent was to pop him, to hurt him and to uh, uh, give him a ticket out of, out of the game. Yeah. I think he even said that he thought he was still in bounds. Like he wasn't aware that he was, he was out yet because he just saw red, like literally. Oh yeah. Uh, with Mahomes' red jersey. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, those defensemen, they just get into a, you know, I got to finally, I got a chance to touch them. So they just, 
sit dead red. And uh, when he finally caught up to him, he gave him as good of a shove as he possibly could, especially because he knows he's got that ankle. So any little tweak is, is going to help him because he's thinking they're probably about to go to overtime. So if you can hobble him even more or or even better, get him out of the game, then you guys got even a better shot. And yeah, he pushed him straight into the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's a good note. And honestly, as a good-hearted man, I actually feel pretty bad for Joseph Asai because even his his um, teammates were ragging on the guy. Yeah. Uh, the linebacker, you know, Jermaine Pratt, he was walking into, you know, the locker room and screaming, you know, uh, why would you touch the effing he's quarterback? Right. And yeah, yeah, well, he I is. mean, right. these guys yeah, act like right. they've never he's, played football before, don't know the rules, and yet they're paying you know millions of dollars. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> and, that's and, true. It's and part and again, of the game. Absolutely, he's, he's already hobbled. He's got a bum ankle. He's not running down for twenty yards downfield. You know his ass is heading for the sideline. You know he's going out of bounds. You know that's where he's right. heading. So that's why I say I think he's thinking, "Oh, I'm taking him out. Like I'm taking him out, out." You know. Uh, uh, but you know, like we said, instead of pushing him into the locker room, he, he pushed him into the Super Bowl. And and, I, and so, like, I get it. Like Pratt's frustration. I, I mean, frankly. I think there should be a little bit of more, a little more of that, you know, on the sideline. Like, how many games do you see throughout the year where somebody makes some bonehead decision, bonehead right. move, and then they're all over the, oh man, you, you, we got you, you know, hugs and pounds and shit on the sideline. Like, right. What do you want, Mama's lap, or do you want real talk? <laughs> are you a man, or 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 yeah. are you a little boy that that you need somebody to pat your head and tell you that that it's okay, sport? We'll get them next time. Well, it reminded me of the play earlier in the game. I was just baffled. Like, how do you not know this as a professional football player where this is literally like your only job? The guy on the the punt where he runs out of bounds and he comes back in and, and he downs the ball and that was a penalty because you can't go out of bounds and come back and be the first guy <laughs> yeah, to touch right? the ball. It's like, how do you even do that? Like, guys should be just on your head on the sideline. Like, dude, what are you doing? How do you not know this? Like, if you see yourself run out of bounds, you can't touch the ball when you come back in. Yeah, crack a rule book <laughs> yeah, from no, time I, to time. <laughs> seriously, I think you guys are right, too. You nailed it because Asai, I mean, he's a young man. He probably just saw Red and was like, this is my moment. Yeah. 22 years old. I've been waiting for get this him. moment. I'm going in the history books. Oh, uh, he was going to get some of that headhunter money or bonus money in the <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in the shady aspects of the locker room. Like, oh, yeah, you took Mahomes out. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your right. $15,000 yeah. bonus check. It's your, it's your Bengal street cred, bro. You're you're set for life. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think that's why everybody <laughs> run and block for him afterwards by like, no, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, we all make mistakes and stuff because they, they probably know uh, uh, culturally all the accolades that he would have got. Uh, had he popped Mahomes in bounds and, you know, sent him to the sideline, you know, and, and, and taken him out of the game. Uh, so, you, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't have much uh, um, empathy for, uh, for the young man for making a dumb decision at a really dumb, crucial point of the game. Um, and then uh, ultimately, you know, uh, setting Butler up for that kick, right, and uh, and, yep. and and uh, sealing wow, the deal because I too. thought this thing was going to overtime. You know, 
I yep. thought for sure there was going to be a flag after the field goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, right? Yeah, somebody put a blade of grass down uh, to mark where to put the ball. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you listen to the show, you'll, you understand what I'm referencing. Um, so I, uh, but it kind of reminds me of a couple years back. I mean, Kevin, this would bring up bad memories for you, but the Chiefs had yep. the uh, NFC Championship game won. And yeah. uh, it was, I forget who Frank it was, Clark. Frank Clark was offsides and it gave yeah. them another uh, another opportunity and you know, they eventually lost the game. But, you no, know, I, guys make bonehead plays and it costs them games late in the game like that. It's it's happened and the Chiefs have been on the receiving end of that and now, now there are the beneficiaries of it. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I was totally thinking about that today. I was like, wait, the Chiefs, they were in the Bengals' position two or three years ago, or four years ago now, against the Patriots, and that AFC championship, I believe yep. it was even in Arrowhead. It was. And it was the late of the, you know, late in the game, and they called that that detrimental offsides with Frank Clark, and that's pretty much what cost them the game. And yep. there was, I think, a, a personal foul with roughing the passer in there as well, uh, where Chris Jones nicked uh, Tom Brady's helmet. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And so it's actually nice for a Kansas City fan to be on the other side, you know, <laughs> of of that in the same kind of predicament because you know it, it's it's a tough thing to to you know endure. And you know, I get it, Bengals. You know, I I understand. So. Um, but it'll it'll come back around, you know. If you're getting the show again, and you know, inconsistencies though, this is what we're talking about, and uh, that was a bullcrap call back then, and you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely still inconsistencies. Yeah. So I mean, officially, then uh, did poor officiating win the game for the Kansas City Chiefs? Because uh, there's that agenda in Cincinnati that it, it cost them the game. Did it? No, I, I don't think so. Not at all. No, no way. Uh, if anything, the Chiefs, like I said, they let the Bengals back in the game, yep. and you know uh, the 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 call at the end of the game is unfortunate, but you cannot debate that call. That call was an obvious. Yeah, the only call. thing unfortunate about it is just this bonehead decision by the player. Like uh, again, right. the the, the officiating the, the, yeah. the call that was the right call to me. That that's like I mean. Come on, that's the you, you, that's an automatic easy call, call, easy call. You get that call every day and twice on Sunday. Uh, so you know, the, no, <laughs> no question about that one. Um, yeah, especially with the quarterback, I, exactly, and and also right. a, a Mahomes level quarterback and right. a already injured uh, quarterback. I mean, these rules are 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 made uh, under the theory that it's going to help protect the health and physical wellness of. The quarterback, and so of course they're going to try to uh, uphold that uh, whenever they can. Um, so uh, of course, Kansas City Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl. We now have the Philadelphia Eagles as well heading to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, that will be a well officiated game. You know, will it's all to be continued regarding that. Um, and guys, can I can I get on a can I get on a soapbox? Yeah, no, absolutely. Or, or I. Actually, I think it's all of you, or for the most part, but I think we predicted this, right? We called this the one seeds going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and so this is this is awesome. I think uh, this is something that wasn't expected. I think Frisco was kind of the the un you know f- maybe unforeseen sleeper in that uh, in that conference, and I so they uh, were, yeah. yeah, we we called it. We said the Eagles going to go there, um, and and the Chiefs, and so I, it's it's kind of cool to you know get your prediction oh. right. 
And that's it. We that's were all, all over this one, and that's why you listen to Sideline the Agenda <laughs> to, to get your information right. Um, and uh, 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 speaking of uh, uh, you know going on a soapbox, uh, Travis Kelsey had some things to say uh, post-game, um, specifically to the uh, mayor of Cincinnati, uh, and, and we'll get to that. But uh, first, before we do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda, the Sideline the Agenda, by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Be sure to give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Yes, uh, hoisting the uh, AFC Championship trophy. Uh, uh, Kelsey had some words uh, for the Cincinnati mayor, and it went something like this. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta fight for your right to party. (laughs) Kelsey was definitely hyped. Um, So uh, I guess there was some back and forth, a lot of yammering happening, a lot of trash talking, so to speak, happening in Cincinnati. Not just the mayor. Of course, the Bengals were uh, participating in that. Uh, You know, Apple uh, being uh, one of the uh, uh, spotlighted players for sure. But uh, just to get back to the mayor himself, uh, I I guess one of the things that he sent out that was uh, 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 definitely uh, controversial was that uh, uh, I'm trying to fight it here. uh, His his tweet that went out. Oh my gosh! Uh, I can't find it right now. The, the one about the uh, was, so like uh, Burroughs being uh, Mahomes' daddy. Yeah, the yeah. mayor was saying that uh, he should take a paternity yeah. test and find that Burrow is his. Yeah, daddy. That's, that's right. That's, <laughs> so that sparked that that response from Kelsey. Uh, I will say to the mayor's credit. Um, he, he, he responded, he said, yeah, I deserve that. Congrats to KC on a well-fought win and good luck in Arizona. Proud of our fans and our Bengals for the energy all year. Who day? So, you know, I mean, I appreciate yeah, good that. For him. He, 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 he definitely, uh, yeah. uh, took that in good faith. Um, though I, I feel like, uh, 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 Kelsey still had something more to say, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burrow head my yeah, ass. Yeah, burrow head my ass. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so that was a, a pretty funny. Uh, that that all went to that back and forth. Um, you know, uh, and, and there was a lot of that continued even to the locker room as far as uh, fellas, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, lighting up them cigars and stogies and whatnot, um, and of course uh, throwing that shade towards the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, possibly well deserved. You know, so I mean, is this officially a rivalry? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this this is probably the new best rivalry that we got. You know, the Bengals knocked them out last year, and now the Chiefs knocked them out this year. And uh, yeah, a lot of the trash talk that was leading up to this. So uh, this is gonna be exciting going forward because Mahomes and Burrow are both pretty young. So this is gonna be a matchup for this is this got to be the new you know Manning and uh, and Brady. Except I don't remember there being much trash talk with those guys. So <laughs> we'll see how much trash will be going forward. I think it'll just be a lot more respect because they don't want to get each other fired up too much. Um, even though it wasn't Mahomes or Bro doing the trash talking, it was some of the surrounding players. Uh, but yeah, th- this is a great rivalry. Every single matchup has been decided by a field goal. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely a rivalry now, and uh, it's probably going to be one for quite a while. 
I totally agree, 100%. This is definitely an AFC showdown for sure. Every time these two teams collide, I had a, I definitely had, um, was reading the uh, Missouri Republican um, uh, mayor. He his quote. He came out and he actually said something after the KFC. Uh, excuse me, KFC. The Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs uh, victory. Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, finger licking good. Oh, secret spice. Today he says. Today I rise to honor my Kansas City Chiefs for their AFC Championship and their birth in the Super Bowl. And then also says, the Chiefs made short work of the Bungles, um, <laughs> I mean Bengals, and sent them off to the offseason. So he sent that, you know, says that in a little his little speech. And so obviously poking fun at the other mayor. And so I thought that was definitely yeah. cool, um, you know, sp- kind of spice things up a little bit. But I don't really like the trash talking. And again, I know it's not coming from, like Chris said, I know it's not coming from the main players. Um, Kelsey thing, I mean, he was obviously just lit with emotion he had a pretty good game seven receptions and so obviously he was emotionally charged and involved um i actually i loved what he said but i hope it stops there you know i don't really want it to continue going it's not something that uh most fans like like to do you know yeah you know this yeah it's kind of ticky tack and but uh you know i i guess this is something that we'll continue to see and um, great games. Yeah, it is so. true. I mean, uh, it's, but but is it is it because you don't like the jib, like the talking back and forth and and and, and whatnot uh, because of uh, our uh, uh, low expectations of these individuals and their lack of self control, you know, and then this ultimately spinning out of control because that's like what I think about. It's like, <laughs> oh man, they shouldn't be talking so much ish because it might get real. <laughs> <laughs> I like him poking and having fun. But the reason why I ask yeah. uh, is, if, is if this is officially now a rivalry, and, and uh, I, I guess Chris Jones answers this in his comment. He said, a rivalry is when you go back and forth, winning and losing. And he said, uh, we haven't beaten them yet. So uh, I don't think I'd call it a rivalry, but they have now beaten uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in a very, very big game. And, and so definitely officially probably hitting that status as a, a, a rivalry match from here on out and uh, uh, you know calling them the bungles is is exactly <laughs> I mean with that last play that last hit that aside hit oh my gosh that that definitely is 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 what I would label them um, and 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 so it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how how these games look uh, in the future it's, it's definitely going to be one that's circled on a lot of people's uh, schedules for sure uh, well, why don't we go ahead and just look to the Super Bowl because that's where ultimately this leads. Like we said, Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, KFC Chiefs would be even better with those 11, 11 herbs and spices. Uh, <laughs> and chicken. <laughs> chicken. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, heading to Phoenix, uh, Glendale, Arizona, I guess, uh, specifically to uh, uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, this is this is the one that I was hopeful for uh, for many reasons. Uh, both number one seed uh, teams. Um, also, you have uh, Andy Reid returning uh, to take on uh, or taking on his his former team of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you got the the, the brothers Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey and Kelsey uh, both uh, uh, taken on each other. That's that's great, you know, a, a house divided, so to speak, um, and 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 uh, definitely a great story. And then, of course, 
you know, the, the, the woke mob loves the fact, uh, that they haven't, they haven't realized it yet because they, they haven't, because they don't watch football. So this is something that'll trickle down like this week <laughs> and next week, as far as the stories are concerned, it's a historic game. Cause why we have two black starting quarterbacks for the first time ever in the super bowl. So isn't that a wonderful thing as well? Uh, so, so kudos, uh, soft clap, uh, for that, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, so, so guys, what are you looking forward to most with this? This, uh, this matchup, this game, um, you know, uh, this, this in theory is that, uh, you know, strong number one defense, number one offense. I'm assuming the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the favorite here, though, uh, you know, I would caution people regarding uh, that to, to not completely jump in wholeheartedly with the Philadelphia Eagles, because in, in my opinion, not my opinion, the fact is they had the second easiest season uh, in the league this year, it was a very easy season. That said, that doesn't mean they haven't played and beaten good teams, but say, consider the 49ers who also had number one defense and, and great offense. But if you actually look at the season that they had and who they actually played, they, the toughest team that they played that we could come up with was the Kansas city chiefs. And they lost by like 20 something points. So I don't know. Yeah. Is it a little fool's gold there as, as far as the Philadelphia Eagles? Is, is it maybe not? Um, are they really that that uh, legitimate uh, uh, number one uh, defense and offense? Uh, or or is, is, is the stats a little skewed because of their uh, lack of competitive season? Um, and then looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, I got to admit when when they were going into the game against Cincinnati, I thought that they, they would just get destroyed on defense. And if anything, defense is what won the game. I mean, Chris yeah, Jones yeah. single handedly took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So uh, I was surprised. I don't know about you guys. I was surprised by their defense. Uh, and then, of course, their injury riddled offense, uh, uh, you know, uh, gives, makes me speculative of, of, of their ability to, to succeed. But that said, I don't know. I think these teams may, may be a lot more evenly matched than, uh, than those might think. Yeah, for sure. And if it wasn't for the, one of the last reasons you just said, all those injuries that the chiefs got, particularly at receiver, they were down to like a bunch of rookies in the second half of the Bengals game. I mean, it's, it's kind of a miracle that they pulled it out because we all thought the weak link and it has been pretty much all season was the defense, but the defense kept them in and basically won them the game. Uh, so they're going to need, they're going to really need a repeat performance of that in the Super Bowl uh, unless they can get all these receivers back. Cause yeah, if, if all was, it was even and the chiefs were fully healthy, Eagles were fully healthy for all the reasons you mentioned, the Eagles had a much easier schedule. I think the chiefs would, would easily be the favorite, but with those question marks at receiver, uh, Eagles look to be, you know, rolling and, and very healthy uh, with that run game and pass game that they can use, even though Hurts uh, didn't really have to throw it much uh, against the 49ers. But like you said, uh, you know, fool's gold. You know, they rolled over a Giants team that, you know, their offense couldn't generate much, but their offense wasn't really all that great to begin with. And uh, then they rolled over a 49ers team who was down to their fourth-string quarterback. So... Yeah, they kind of did what they were supposed to do, but you know, or when they face an actual team that's got a a good, if not the best quarterback in the league, uh, you know, even if he doesn't have all his weapons, it's going to be a much stiffer task. So, 
uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I call this the the brother bowl because <laughs> we got the brothers facing off. The brother bowl. Uh, this, the this the brother bowl. The city of brotherly love. The Eagles. And then uh, you know you got the the two black quarterbacks That's for awesome. the first time going the at it. Bowl. The brother bowl. The brother bowl. So uh, very very exciting. Going to be a great match. Um, yeah, it's going to be how good is that that Eagles defense because they got a great pass rush, and if they can get to a hobbled Mahomes, um, they they might be able to make it difficult, and we might see kind of a repeat of what happened to, uh, with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers if he doesn't have those receivers out there. So that's the big question mark. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate to come to, the, come to the Super Bowl and have so many injuries to keep players. Um, but we'll see what happens. There's two weeks. You know, these guys are young. They heal fast, and they might be ready to roll by then, and, and we might get a great match. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of think like you, Scott, you know, I, I think the money is all on the Eagles right now um, for all the reasons we mentioned. But it, it could be kind of fool's gold because, like you said, the, the level of competition, even though the 49ers' defense was great, they had to be on the field a lot because their quarterback couldn't do anything. So you put any defense out there for that amount of time, they're, eventually they're going to break. And that's what that's what happened. Yeah, um, this is the 15th time where two uh, number one seeds have made it to the Super Bowl. So obviously the last time that uh, two number one seeds have made it to the Super Bowls in 2009, uh, where the Saints played the Colts. And so um, this is exciting. Obviously, this is, you know, it's going to be a great game. I Chris Jones definitely stepped up. And obviously he, when he was interviewed, he said that, you know, the year prior that he, there was a lot of plays that he could have made. And he kind of put that loss on his shoulders. And he, obviously this is, this is a leader for the Chiefs. And so, you know, for someone to have that mentality where he, you know, grew within that one year where it's like, hey, there was plays. Maybe I could have went a little harder or maybe I could push, you know, some more, uh, you know, controversy out there. And uh, as far as, you know, getting the quarterback out of his comfort zone and, you know, make a difference in the game. And I think he definitely did that this time around. So it's definitely nice to see Chris Jones, obviously, on the right foot and seeing where the Chiefs defense uh, will go from there. I think there's a lot of good things, you know, going their way. They do have some knucklehead rookies on uh, cornerbacks. I think McDuffie did good, but I think also, you know, Williams is just not turning the ball or not turning his head around. And then also Cook not turning his head around, you know, uh, super easy jump ball type catches that any quarterback could throw up. And so they're going to have to practice that. Um, also, you know, with the loss of Snead, I think that also hurts their defensive yeah. uh, back as well. And so hopefully he's he's ready and uh, prepared and he can come back and, and play in that game. Probably not. And then on the offensive side, it sucks to see Kadarius Tony go down like that because he looked really good every yeah. time he has the ball. I know he only caught the ball one time, but it was a you know gain of nine yards and he just he looked quick. And then that was also um, that one uh, kind of question mark catch where he, that was his catch in the first quarter. Uh, uh, where potentially looked like a touchdown, you know, right off the bat, but um, obviously was overturned. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs riddled with injuries. I think that's the biggest question mark, obviously, with Mahomes as well. And so, uh, if they could get every everybody back and, and get that offensive, even Sh- you know, Schuster was hurt. He wasn't out there on the fourth quarter. And so, um, I know the Eagles. They don't really have too many injuries at this moment. They still have all their guys. They still have a powerful run game with you know Miles Sanders and Gainwell, and then they have a great you know offensive line, defensive line, and then um you know their AJ Brown, their kind of go to guy in the air. Um, they're gonna really if I was the Chiefs, I'd, I would really want to make Hurts beat me in the air and, and stop yeah. him running and then stop the run and 
Um, I think once you could get ahead in the game, and that way you force the Eagles to throw the ball more and, and stop with the run as much, I think that's when you start seeing the advantages, and that's got to be the gameplay for you know the Chiefs moving forward, at least to even win. But I think we're definitely going to be in for a really good one. I think this is going to be a really good matchup on both sides, and you know both teams are, are definitely geared for this type of game, and so it's, it's exciting. From your mouth to God's ears, Kevin, as long as it's not a back-and-forth field goal <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I hope the Chiefs can can uh, heal uh, and 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 get back up to uh, as close to 100% as they can. Um, same with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think the NFL fans are owed it, you know, just a, a good, solid, competitive game, high-flying offense, uh, uh, you know, gridiron defense, um, and, and a show to be seen. Um, because Rihanna ain't cutting it. <laughs> she ain't cutting it. Uh, no, but but seriously, I, I think the NFL has a real uh, uh, great opportunity here to to have a a fantastic, interesting, engaging Super Bowl product, and uh, more importantly, uh, the NFL needs to finally pass the baton to Patrick Mahomes. Take it away from old man Tom Brady. <laughs> Party's Bitter over, Brady. Grandpa. Party's over, Grandpa. It's now Patrick Mahomes. And Rodgers. And they need to move on. They should have done this, I thought, in 2001 uh, when 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 the Chiefs went to... Uh, take to, to, uh, to, to 2021, excuse me, uh, when the Chiefs went to take on uh, Tom Brady uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. The, 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 and I don't know what I mean by the baton needs to be passed. It needs to become Patrick Mahomes' league other than they need to fully embrace Mahomes and uh, distance themselves from the GOAT, uh, Tom Brady. Party's over, Grandpa. Because we need that. We need it. He's the perfect, he's the perfect uh, 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 poster boy, poster child. <laughs> I'm not getting his poster yeah. child for the league. He's he's a decent human being. He's a family man. Yeah. He's a competitive athlete. He's he is he's he's nice. He he has morals. You can just tell that he's he is he is the the new face of the league. And and they need to jump in while the getting's good and and embrace him wholeheartedly. Uh, and if that means that a couple of flags go his way, then uh, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of that? Because, you know, here's my criticism of the NFL and frankly, the NBA. Uh, and, and I've said this before on the show, but they have tailored made, tailored destroyed their product in order out of fear of 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 losing these potential faces of the leagues and of course i mean when it comes to the nba i mean lebron james when it comes to the nfl i mean tom brady how many rules for brady have they created to protect the quarterback to keep him relevant the guy's like 65 years old and he's still playing in the league <laughs> because you can't look at him without catching a flag i mean you you have to to, to sign a a waiver or, or, or an agreement of consent in order to touch him, you know, and tackle him, 
you know, and it's the same thing in the NBA. They're, they've completely taken away defense. Uh, uh, they're, they're, the games now are like 160 to, to 152. You know what I mean? Like, because nobody plays defense anymore because LeBron James doesn't play defense and they've tailor destroyed the, 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 the product in order to keep these guys relevant. Uh, you know, they, they, they allow load management. They allow all these kind of things. So these old guys can continue to play because they're so nervous if they just kind of shift to the, give the baton to somebody new and different. They, they have zero confidence that anybody else is going to be able to, to, to carry that weight. Well, I think Patrick Mahomes has been ready and is ready to be the new face of the NFL. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, he kind of checks all the boxes of boxes that normal people should want to check. You know, he's not controversial whatever whatsoever. He's incredibly gifted and is a great football player. His he's been to what five AFC championships and this is going to be his third Super Bowl. I mean, the guy is amazing. And you know, doesn't act a fool off the off the field. And uh yeah, like you said, total poster boy material. Uh but kind of get back onto the oh, I don't want to get too far off track. We'll probably talk about this later, but with the whole uh First time we're getting two black quarterbacks. I mean, that's a great story, and I'm sure that we're going to hear it a lot leading up to the Super Bowl. But uh, with the NBA, yeah, they, they completely destroyed that league as far as how they officiate it to allow these guys to continue to get these numbers, these stats, and continue playing. And even though these, these stats are basically meaningless, but now they can come out there and, and have the storyline of LeBron James is going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points ever, blah, blah, blah. Hey, everybody tune in. And everyone's like, oh, we just don't care because the league sucks now. It's unwatchable because you got so many foul calls all the time. And guys, even including LeBron, are just throwing little hissy fits every game all the time. After every play, so, they're, they're complaining about yeah, fouls. Yeah. And it's it's short sighted by the leagues because they don't have faith that they're just going to get somebody new is going to come up and is going to be good enough to to take the title, but That's they right. want to take the existing star and morph the league around that star so that they can just market it as much as possible, get as much money as possible. But in doing so, they they actually ruin their league, and the viewership viewership has gone down, especially in the NBA, uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. So. Yeah, the NFL should do the smart thing. I mean, it seems like they, they really wanted to go with Allen um, and uh, maybe even Burrow. I mean, those are great quarterbacks yeah, just as another well. Couple they of seem white to be guys. pretty good off the field. But <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, right. I, Mahomes, you got you got a, 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 I don't know if he's half or whatnot, but you got yeah. a biracial guy. Exactly. He, he and you know boxes. me, man. I don't throw in with that stuff. I, I, I don't give a shit about that, you know, but, but he is the genuine package, you know, uh, as, as far as character, as, as far as personality, as far as ability, agility, all that kind of stuff. You, you can't put a Mahomes or excuse me, you can't put a Burroughs or an Allen up against a Mahomes. I mean, who's more likable right. than this guy? Nobody. Who's more talented than this yeah. guy? No, no, I don't know. You know, like in this, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have Josh Allen, the face. It's like, what, what do you like the, the stoner <laughs> franchise now, you know, or Burroughs just who looks like, you know, goat boy, uh, just better looking. Right. Uh, uh, man, that's a dated reference on my part. People are like, goat boy. Who oh, yeah. that? Jim Brewer. I mean, not to. <laughs> nah. uh, I want to throw a touchdown smoke a cigar. Nah. <laughs> not to mention Patrick Mahomes is selling State Farm nationwide. <laughs> that's right. He cares about our house. <laughs> 
No, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the thing I like about him is he never takes the credit. And everyone blows smoke all up his ass all the time. He, Magic Mahomes and this and that. Oh, he's so majestical. Yeah, he's, he's talented. He makes some bonehead plays too, though. That fumble yeah. was pretty bonehead. But uh, we love him for that. And that's obviously you don't hold that. I mean, he, he does make some good plays on the side too. So super talented, but he never takes the credit. He always dishes it to his teammates, dishes it to the defense, dishes it to Butker, who, you know, kicked the field goal without that. Obviously, they'd probably be in overtime and God knows what happened there. And so he always routinely, you know, game after game, always gives the credit. And then in regards to LeBron and, and AD, you know, AD's, you know, having LeBron's back apparently and saying that the, the refs gypped him on that last, you know, foul uh, call <laughs> that they blew against, you know, Celtics. And uh, did you know that today, AD and LeBron James both sat themselves. They decided not to play, and against a crucial game against the you know, guess who Brooklyn Nets, who blew them out. And you know, just because you know that they were trying to throw a little hissy fit. No, I need a rest. Oh, I got a sore ankle and this and that. And you know, these two guys are literally the the cream of the crop that are killing the league. And as long as leagues sports athletic leagues realize that fans are not fans of the name eventually they are but they're more so fans of the game they right. want to see a good competitive game this is why we tune in we don't need you know leagues built around certain guys and this right. and that you know or or a face of this and that no that's not what keeps retention in the fans and the audience what keeps them is a good solid league something where it's natural competitiveness and something that obviously the sport is enjoyable to watch yeah. nba they totally went the other way with it and look no one really cares. I don't care. I haven't really met anybody who said, oh, did you see that game last night? Right. NBA? Who? I, no, I don't watch it. No. Did, did you? I could see the highlights. I know what's going on. No defense, a bunch of threes thrown up, and you've seen six-footers, or excuse me, seven-footer centers throwing up more threes than point guards. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just disgusting. Well, Kevin, then at that point, you should argue against uh, having a league uh, having a face of anybody. You know what I mean? I, I'd, I'd welcome that argument, that counter-argument, you know, because it's a great point that people are ultimately following the product. And if your product sucks, then people are going to stop following or you get a bunch of fair-weathered fans who have really no commitment to your product at all yeah you it's know. all it's all jordan's fault yeah exactly because <laughs> the nba was like oh my gosh this guy is amazing let's market the hell out of him because he's the best player we've ever seen and and he still is and you know he he really <laughs> took that league to another level financially took shoes to and, another level and, and well yeah and now they're just trying to copy that formula over and over and over again. And they're now that they've got their guys, you know, the Brady and the LeBron, they're scared to like who's the next one? Right. Who's the next one? Because it's and the money. It's just it's just someone's gonna come up. You just gotta maintain the quality of the league, like Kevin was saying, and that person will rise. It might take a while, but they'll rise. But as long as the game is good, the viewership will still be there. Yeah. It's all yeah, about the money absolutely. and that's what they've been trying to hold on to. Uh, with uh, with these figureheads uh, of the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually, you know, you, you're starting to sway me, you know, but, uh, but I do feel like if you are to have a figurehead, you know, for a league, you really can't go wrong with the Patrick Mahomes. That's who I would throw in for. 
uh, and with, and uh, really, like I said, uh, get, get past the baton from Brady to, to Mahomes as far as being the face. But uh, I, I hear you. I don't know that you actually need a face of the league uh, as right. much as you just need a good product and a consistent product. That's the other thing. Um, Cause there's so many other powers that be that are looking to manipulate, manage and control said product, especially the NFL. It is the highest rated television show, you know, not, not even close, you know, bar none. Right. And don't think that everything is above board when it comes to the competitive aspect of this game. Don't think that there aren't people, uh, fingers trying to meddle in the product to control it and sway it one way or the other uh, for their own personal uses uh, and agenda. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, Jeff Bezos or Apple and all these people that want to have the rights, YouTube slash Google now right. having Sunday ticket, there's a reason why they want it. And it's not because they're just big football fans. Right. You know, you're a fool if you believe right. that. And that's why you listen to the show. That's why you listen to us because we are trying to bring these agendas to light and, uh, uh, you know, uh, sh expose you to them. You make your own decision with it, but at least expose you to what's happening out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and back to that, I, I mentioned it briefly before, but the whole thing with the, oh my gosh, it's the first time two black quarterbacks are in the NFL. We saw Doug Williams, who was the first black quarterback to, I think, be in and win a Super Bowl. He was the Super Bowl MVP in... Uh, the game was in 1988, so I guess that's for the 87 season. You also saw uh, Warren Moon, another famous black quarterback, tweeted that, oh my gosh, they're so proud, they're so happy. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, really, are we still talking about this? Like, is this progression that, oh my, oh yes, we got two black quarterbacks, we're, we're so evolved, we're so we're so progressive. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's actually more regressive. Like, why are we still talking about this? Doug Williams, you were the NFL MVP of the Super Bowl in 1988. That's over 30 years ago. How much progression have we seen since then? The, almost the entire league is black now. Like, why are we talking about race? And the, I'll, I'll give you my quick rundown of why I think this is. And we see it in politics. We see it in media. We see it in the commercials. We see it in movies. I mean, it, it's, it's everywhere. And I think it's because it's basically the format of, like, the prison system. You've got the warden, and they've got everyone divided by gender, and they've got everyone divided by race. And you've got to play those politics within that prison system because that's how the warden can control everything. You got everyone in there getting along, you know, it's, it's much, it's not as easy to control. So it's just old school divide and conquer. And you see the same thing playing out in our society where you got everyone divided by gender, by race, by whatever they identify as. Now you got, you know, hundreds of things you can identify as. And it's, it's not Martin Luther King. It's, it's not Martin Luther King Jr. It's not what he stood for. It's not judge people off their character, not by how they look, but not what the color of their skin is. It's just all what's the color of your skin and what's dangling or not dangling between your legs or what's going on in, in your brain to where what do you think you are? It's just, it's a bunch of side issues. It's a bunch of nonsense to where it just keeps people distracted off of what is actually important when you got a bunch of crooks and criminals running the government and none of them are being held accountable and the media is on their payroll and it's it's a big ugly system and more people need to wake up to this so when i see everyone just and i know we're going to hear it more and more everyone going on and on and on about oh my gosh we got two black quarterbacks 
uh, you know, facing like we've had a black president, you know, it's like, when does it ever come to an end? And it's just regressive at this point. I think it's got to be something that, I mean, maybe if you want to mention it, sure, because it's the first time, but like, it's, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal. You know, these guys are there based off their talent not based off their skin color. So why do we always got to talk about race with everything? It's just we, we as a society, we, we need to move on. It's like Pokemon. We want to collect them all. All the positions. <laughs> we want to collect them all in all the positions. Exactly. No, like it's so true, you know, and, and it's like uh, when did when did diversity or, uh, you know, uh, when, when did these these uh, causes and, 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 and desires mean just just mean black? You know what I mean? Because they ain't talking yeah. about like some Mexican dude. They ain't talking about some Middle Eastern guy. You know, I'll celebrate. Right. I'll celebrate when we have two Asian quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Like <laughs> that would be legitimate change. Not like, oh, hey, we got a couple of guys here that are already part of the 70, 75% of this league. You know what I mean? Right. Which are black, you know, but 73%, 75% are, are, are black players. You know, it's like, that's great. You know, we, we've been doing this and, 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 you know, right. is it a fun fact? Yeah, it's a fun fact. Do I take offense by the fact? No, not at all. But when it's something ad nauseum, that is actually like you're saying, what's really at root here is, is divisiveness and category, trying to categorize and, 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 and create, uh, I, I guess animosity amongst ourselves as, as, as football fans or something, you know, to where we look across the aisle because uh, make no mistake, the, the, the football umbrella is a very inclusive space and place. And I think that's why they yep. resent it so much and why they want to control it so badly because you can go and sit in the stands and root for a team along somebody, along with somebody else who's, who's a complete stranger to you who might come a com from a completely socio, different socioeconomic uh, arena of life, uh, might, might have different political beliefs as you, different religious beliefs as you, uh, different gender, race, creed, what have you. But you can collectively gather under one tent in, in, in commonality and root for, for two to three hours on your, your favorite team and bond and have conversation and meet and grow uh, uh, in that area. And it's untethered by all of these other agendas that, that, that seek to destroy or, or, or create uh, uh, the divisiveness that you see in, in our politics and in our just in our society in general. Right. Yeah, that's exactly my point. And it, it's a microcosm of America as the country, as it was founded, as it was meant to be. You can be any religion. You can be any gender, any race. It doesn't matter. You can come together as Americans to improve, you know, not only your lives, but other people's lives and all Americans lives. But instead, they got you divided by red and blue and all the other categories we talked about before. So it, that, that's why sports is a perfect analogy for life in general in so many ways. And that's why I wanted to point it out because, you know, there's a lot of issues that face all Americans. And I think there's a lot of issues that we all agree on. But because they got us so divided, we can never actually fix them. <laughs> Even though we, we do our best trying to vote here, you know, but they got so many people divided by who to vote for that things can't get done that actually benefit Americans. It just benefits the system. Well, you know who's not helping this? Yeah. Tony Romo. 
Because as you know, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did Tony Romo spit the N word live on television? Uh, that's what social media is wondering after a bizarre comment uh, uh, was made uh, during uh, CBS's broadcast of the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I'll let you guys be the judge. Uh, here's the clip right here. The extra yards, the tough yards, the finish on the play. Right there, you got three. You talked about it. This is the best tackling team. They don't miss tackle. It's so stupid. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so dumb. It's just <laughs> it Twitter being Twitter. Again, trying to be divisive. Did Tony Romo, he was going to say the N-word, I think. Uh, apparently, I heard he was going to say Nickelbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not the way a lot of people heard it on Twitter, because that's not very fun. <laughs> Well, it, this is the perfect opportunity for projection, and that's what you're seeing. And, and who is one guy to really chime in on it? Old Shannon Sharp, oh, you know, yeah, projecting yeah. his racism onto him, saying that, oh, I think he was going to say it. He seriously <laughs> said that. I didn't see this. He yeah. seriously said that yeah. he thought that Tony Romo is so dumb. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I don't think that Tony Romo is the, the, the brightest tool in the shed, but he's so stupid and and naive and and just just ignorant that on live uh, uh, television, international television, let's be real, not just national, like this, this that, that, that game's being broadcast all over the world. He's, he's going to say, to, to describe play that three, uh, you know, N-words are about to tackle, like he's going to go there? Like how dumb or how much of a, how, rather, how, how much of a, 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 a grifter, a race grifter do you have to be in order to go there uh, mentally to think that that's what was intended uh, on a Tony Romo of, of, of all people. I don't yeah, know, man. You got point. a bad heart. I, I, you got a bad heart if you're, if you're doing that. Well, yeah, when, you, would, when you see everything through the, the, the lens of race all the time, you project that onto people and that, that they jump to that conclusion because that's what they think. They think everything is race. Yeah, Grandma Shannon Sharp. I am not surprised, guys. He does this <laughs> night in and day out with that damn undisputed show, and it's it's a joke. That guy, he needs another apology. Come on, Shannon Sharp. I need another apology now. Why do you always have to see through racial glasses? Those glasses that you wear, you need to get them clear because honestly, you're just seeing black and whites, and that's it's just yeah, odd. You're it's an odd. Grandma thing. Shay Shay um, needs to knit, knit up in another apology. <laughs> but guys, that Put that those wasn't what. Put them on, Romo. <laughs> He, that's not the only thing Romo said. Romo actually. Time out. Time out. Dude, this guy Romo, uh, he also compared Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to Michael Jordan and uh, Clyde Drexler. <laughs> you know, which obviously is referring to the you know um, the 1992 NBA Finals between Jordan and Chicago Bulls. Obviously, Drexler's uh, Trailblazers. Um, in the same series when uh, Jordan you know hit that shot and kind of just shrugged at Drexler in 1992, Bulls end up winning that series. So he was making that reference right. where he was saying, "Hey, uh, you know, Matt Patrick Mahomes is you know like Michael Jordan, and you know." Uh, Burrow was like Clyde Drexler, and, and obviously the Bengals fans didn't like that, not one bit. And it's, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, every, this is Romo at its best when he's just trying to fill the air with some weird dialogue going on, and he, he's literally the worst. Like, people need to tell him they need to be a red button or someone, you know, just fly, <laughs> you know, Jerry Jones in there and just tell the guy, hey, dude, your time's up. Shut up, man. Because he, he just goes on and it's very awkward. Nickelback. <laughs> I think is what he was going for is the point. And uh, like I said, old, old Nana Shay Shay, 
uh, needs to to stick to knitting uh, opposed to uh, grifting. <laughs> <laughs> Knit me another sweater. That's right. Well, we were going to talk about Aaron Rodgers where we thought he was going to go, but uh, I think because of time purposes, we're going to we're going to uh, save that for another day. Maybe maybe hit you guys up with that next tune week. in tune next episode. In next episode. That is right. Uh, and of course, we'll uh, comment as, as as well as where we think old uh, Chom Brady uh, is going to head uh, after uh, after well party's over, Grandpa. After the party's over. Uh, so uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening to Sideline the Agenda. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. It really is up to you. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. And that's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Screw you, Bill Gates.